Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. What is up? We're back. Ooh, is this 45? I think this is 46. 46? Yes. 46. Almost 52 podcasts. Oh, yeah. It is almost 46. a year of podcasting. Damn. Wild. 45. So, what's yeah, 40, going on? We recorded 45 twice. It was 45, <laughs> that's and, why. 45 and 45.1, <laughs> right? Like when they, exactly, that's, when they that's released why. new software. Yep. Let's screw this up. So we were talking before we started about Rogan. Yeah, that's the big uh, chirp going on right now. I mean, if you had money that you wanted to invest, Spotify on Friday or Thursday would have been the place to put it. It was down from its high because the oh. whole market's hurting, right? But yeah. then Spotify has been down drastically more because of this whole problem. Yeah. Spotify was down from almost 300 to like 155. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well, it's going to come back up. Then that's the thing. It was already Friday. I wanted to put some money in. I just didn't I didn't transfer any money quick enough to get it in and and uh it was back up 10 or 12% on Friday. Oh, yeah. Just on Friday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, after what? Uh Crosby that guy 
Who's Crosby? Uh, Neil Young, uh, David Crosby, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh. Then you had uh, John, Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah, there's rumors up Barry Manilow, but I don't think that that I don't think that's uh, confirmed. Yeah, I mean the the thing is 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 I don't. I mean we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we've seen a complete transition in the right and left have completely swapped roles in like the hesitation and mis mistrust of the government. Right. Like in the last, well, let's see, I was born in 1984. So I probably realistically understood what was going on. And like, let's say like 1996 is probably when I started to understand what was going on. So from 96, 2006, 26, so 25 years, we've gone from the left, you know, quote unquote left, we'll, we'll say, you know, left and youth and, and kind of that whole idea of what's going on there. Yeah. Completely mistrusting government, holding it at an arm's length. Um, fighting against the man, battling for freedom, to now legitimately fighting everyone that's trying to do that. Oh, yeah. It's so odd. It's just weird. This is culture is just completely off its rocker. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, I like I told you, and they're like, they're coming on to Rogan harder and harder the more that he that he apologizes and the more that he walks stuff back. And, and I've said that from the beginning, every time, if you look at somebody in this, this cancel culture, right when that cancel culture mob comes after you, if you start to show any kink in your armor, chink, chink, not kink, kink. That's a little chink. bit different. Yeah. A chink in your arm. Can I say that? Are we in, I mean, we're in the same room. Can I say a chink in your armor? Um, <laughs> Depends you, on your context, right? Oh, context is a thing. That's oh, weird. It is a thing. Weird. It's not a thing if you use it, you know, from the mainstream side. No, right? Like if somebody will take, somebody's going to take this podcast, they're going to download it, and they're going to cut out me saying chink, yeah. and then they're going to be like, they're going to make like a like a remix yeah. of it. Five years from now, it's going to come back to haunt you. Yeah, but so the, so the thing is, is the minute that you show any any chink in your armor, is the minute that they double on because they they feel they they sense that weakness, right? It's like it's like when you're in a when you're in a room it's like with fighting a, a bully with a predator, yeah, or or a, when you're in a room with a predator, you know, an animal predator, like the minute yeah. that you show any sort of scared weakness is the minute that they they go for the throat like quit apologizing yeah well it's rogan's the new trump yeah i mean mainstream media is starting to you know cnn is abysmal which is hilarious and they're starting to go after rogan and especially the who's that numbskull uh stelzer okay yeah i mean the the worst of the worst is trying to like capitalize on this you know, trying to make fun of Rogan and it's that guy's done. He should just be, you know, get his ass kicked out. I, I was actually um, I was talking to a guy this week. I can't remember who it was, um, but we were talking about something about podcasts. And he's like, yeah, I listen to a few podcasts or he said something. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the majority of listens come from like the top 10 percent of podcast, like everything in, in the world. You know, it's yeah. that eight Dunbar's number, right? The 80, 20 principle or whatever. And. I was like, you know, that's there's 10,000 podcasts out there that don't get listens, the amount of listens in a year that Rogan gets in one episode. And this dude was lost his mind that I brought up Rogan just as as a comparison for that number. I didn't say like because he's amazing or anything like that. I just brought that yeah. up. And and this dude like it, it this dude is is a character. I mean, he wears plastic um Ray-Ban frames, like all different color plastic Ray-Ban frames with no lenses in them. Like 
every day just to be like kind of quirky, you know? Yeah, see that face that's on your face is exactly what I thought when I started noticing. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. But anyway, does it at least have goes? Are they like reader glasses type of thing? No, there's no lenses. So what do you mean? He's wearing like Mr. Potato Head glasses? Yeah. Every day. Because it's fashion. Different colors. Fashion, quirky. Yeah, right. whatever okay anyway guess, so just yeah, to give you an idea like that gives you an idea mm-hmm. of 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 the guy right and i hate he was like i hate joe rogan i'm like oh why he's like well you know he comes across as a as a um what did he say he comes across as a not a know-it-all but something like know-it-all and i'm like oh have you ever actually like listened to him yeah. because he, he he doesn't like he's like okay well maybe he doesn't but <laughs> to his audience they see him as you know the type of person that knows all this stuff and he's a pseudo intellectual that knows just enough to be dangerous and i was like that tells me he hasn't listened to anything exactly 100 percent. that's instantly what i knew yeah because he's just listening to sound bites yeah. And he's probably on that side that is just, you know, only consumes yeah. sound bites and is listening to what he's told. Whatever the media is packing together in a package to say, hey, Rogan is this nasty guy that we put the shit filter on to make him look sicker when he was, you know, taking ivermectin and all yeah. that bullshit. So, yeah, exactly. Friday night I was out to dinner and you know, I'm walking along and there's, you know, these two. I'm in Madison. So... These two guys having a conversation. Obviously, these two guys are light in the pants, whatever you want to call that. But um, all of a sudden, they're talking to each other about Rogan, right? Oh, oh. did you hear Rogan podcast? Yeah, they should just shut him down because he just spreads inf- misinformation every single episode. I'm like, yeah, you fuckers didn't even listen to any of it. No. So it's kind of like, yeah, even like Christianity, you know, people that criticize Christianity and have never read the Bible or have never, you know, sat into in a service. So it's just... Yeah, it's this stupid ass thing where every person that criticizes Rogan, everything I've seen online, every comment I've seen about it, none of these people have ever listened to the episode because Rogan is, I think he's good because he's hard on himself first. I mean, usually yeah. he's just like, well, I'm just an idiot. Yeah. And he's just, he's always asking questions. And if you look at the list of people he brings in, they're all, they have opposing views. You know, I don't think he needs to apologize and say, well, I need to have them back to back. You know, if people actually just listen to it or go on Spotify, you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. So I've probably over the years consumed maybe close to a thousand episodes of Joe Rogan. Like I have. I started listening over 50 percent. Yeah. yeah, I, I started listening probably. 2013, 2014, and listened pretty religiously for a long time. And then it slowly faded off as I developed, you know, and basically like I would say that he is one of the top three or five catalysts for my personal development, because from him, I would find specialists in different areas that he would bring in. And that's the thing that nobody really understands. If you haven't listened to that much of the guy, he's he's just curious. Yeah, he's just curious about everything. And he asks questions and he'll play devil's advocate. And he'll he'll try to push you on something that you think is right or ask questions like I know that he's purposefully gone on to like message boards and found what people disagree with about about people that he brings on his show. And then even if he doesn't have that disagreement, he's brought it up as though he has the disagreement so that they're able to kind of, you know, approach the disagreement and everybody can kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, recently I had a podcast with uh, Andy Stump, you know, former SEAL. And, you you know, Stump made a criticism about somebody that they both know, Brian Callen. And uh, 
you know, all of a sudden it was about critiquing. I think uh, Kellen went on the, the Terran tactical, you know, where everybody's doing the speed shooting. So Stump had just, you know, made a couple of comments and they're friends. Yeah. But, you know, Rogan said, well, why would you say that? You know, and he was honestly saying, well, why would you say that? You know, he is a bad shooter. Yeah. And he just, it's it's not like he's a know-it-all. He's just asking, okay, yeah. why would you, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. I mean, I have the choice that if he has a guest that, you know what, I may not like or may I may not agree with, I'll listen to it for a while because it's three hours long. Yeah. Most of them are just super long. Yeah. And if, if I just totally don't feel like listening to it or don't agree at all or just rub me in the wrong way, I, I can turn it off. That's all. That's how it works. Yeah. But now you got all these idiots that just want to take them completely off the air because of, quote, you know, baseline is misinformation. And how many people do you think if I asked them, okay, what's the misinformation? What would you think? Yeah. I think they would base it on two episodes, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And their, their biggest thing would be he promotes that vaccines are dangerous. He doesn't. He doesn't promote he, anything about he, it. He says that it should be a choice. Yeah. He chose not to. He chooses. He talks about, you know, being healthy. Choosing health. Yeah. And yeah. are there treatments? And he tried the treatments first and they worked. Yep. But yeah, they're trying to vilify him for that now. But what's all going to matter in a couple months right now? Yeah. I think this whole narrative is falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So. And if you if you think if you think that the people that are paying for CNN's broadcasting through their advertisement, because if you don't understand, news is a business. Yeah. It is a profit for profit business. You have to get advertisers to buy the space in between your shows. The whole goal is to have the most valuable time in between your shows because people are watching and they want to watch again, right? Like that's why that's why we whenever you're watching a sitcom, something big almost happens and then they go to a 3-minute commercial break and then it finishes because they want you to watch those commercials. Right. Because the more people that watch those commercials, the more that that space is worth money, okay? Yeah. So, look at who's advertising on something like CNN. Pfizer. Right. If you want to trust <laughs> if you want to trust Pfizer for all of your health knowledge then first you need to do some research. And the first thing you need to look into is the fact that Pfizer I believe paid the highest court settlement for false misleading drug campaigns that have ever been paid in the history of the world. Yeah. The same company that you're trusting. So I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they're lying to you, but I'm saying that if you fuck me once, I'm going to be a little bit speculative over what you tell me. Yeah. Now here's the uh here's a question. So CEO of Pfizer, right? <clears throat> I don't even I can't pronounce the name or not. Oh, right. Came out that the vaccine is, you know, it might be effective. It might not be effective at all, but it's, you know, efficacy isn't what it's claimed to be. Now, you know, you can look this up yourself. There's, they're saying that, you know, well, he's not even vaccinated himself, but he's, you know, their company's promoting it. 
and going back to what you're talking about in mainstream media, you got Brian Stelter, you know, so that shithead, you know, gets on, tells you Joe Rogan is, you know, oh, he doesn't know. We have all these, all these people on staff, you know, checking to make sure that our information is good, which is a bunch of bullshit. And then as soon as he's done in this episode brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. You know, if that's not complete red flag, I don't know. Yeah. Then, then you're and, brain dead. And th- and that's the thing. You, the minute that you realize that pharmaceutical drug companies are not your best friend, they are for-profit businesses, the minute that you can start to not necessarily distrust, but you can start to healthy, healthfully, health, healthfully question what they're telling you, right? So um, I can't remember who wrote it, but in the cholesterol myth, the, in, the, in the book, The Cholesterol Myth, the author breaks down statins because statins are dangerous. Yeah. They, they, high cholesterol is dangerous. Yeah. For men, especially out of shape men. Okay. Yeah. But statins for women reduce cholesterol the same. Okay. They, they works the same way yeah. as it physically does in men. You know what it doesn't do? Increase lifespan. It does not stop you from dying the way that it does in men, which are what, what, what is our goal? Is our goal yeah. a longer life or is our goal just to reduce a number on a piece of paper? Because if the goal is just to reduce a number on a piece of paper, then a statin is effective in women. But if the goal is to actually live longer, which to me, that's my goal. I don't care yeah. what the numbers are. The only reason I use the numbers is, is, is a diagnostic tool. If the goal is to live longer, then statins make zero sense in women. Yeah. That's kind of interesting because this week I've been uh, going through and studying that, you know, it's not about cholesterol, but it's about the uh, viscosity, the thickness of your blood. And with women, they don't have as much of a problem as men because, you know, they basically bleed every month. Yep. So with men, they're encouraging that, well, if you want to manage the viscosity of your blood, then you need to, you know, give donate blood. blood. Yep. So I, I, I'm not that far into it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just kind of looking into it as far as for my health. Yeah. No, 100%. And so if you start to think about, and it has a lot to do with the um, the ratio of HDL to LDL. And then the Cleveland Heart Clinic has gotten really in-depth with some of their, they actually break it down to like um, a bunch of different sizes within each of the HDL and LDL. Yeah. And then the triglycerides, and there's only certain VLDL, very low density lipoprotein that actually are damaging. Yeah. Um, so if if the only goal is to reduce the overall number, guess what? Do you, one of the presidents, FDR, wasn't FDR. Um, one of them had high cholesterol and basically dropped his cholesterol so low that he was sick his, the rest of his life. Jeez. That's that a vibrating thing. What? Was that FDR? Might have been FDR. I'd, I'd have to go back to that. Yeah, the, no, somebody was sick. I'd know. have to go back to the book, The Cholesterol Myth. Um, it's Johnson? A, yeah, it might have been LBJ. That might have oh, been yeah. who it was. Yeah. So, but, and you know, he was scared of, scared of dying early. So he was like, oh, cholesterol is bad. I'm going to drop my cholesterol to zero. And Whoa. it fucked his entire body. Damn. Yeah. Blood and heart disease. Right. Something, something you got to watch out for. Well, now that we've ranted enough about <laughs> Rogan and health and um, 
the book Pharma by Gerald Posner. Finally got a reply from him just uh, because I told him like two months ago. I was like, everyone in the world should read this book. It is astonishing. Like you should get this out to the world. He responded. And he finally read it. Like he hadn't even read it for two months and finally read my my message and responded. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, his DM list has probably got to be, you know. You know, he's not that he's not that well known or that popular. Um, yeah, not super popular because cool. he's written that. And then he's written a bunch of kind of obscure, like JFK assassination books and stuff like that. Um, yeah. really good writer, but interesting how deep he goes into the pharmaceutical business and, and everything about how shady basically all of it is. And the one family that, um, manipulated the FDA to basically create the Oxycontin, um, problem that we have in, you know, the, the opioid problem that we have in the United States. Well. Wow. Didn't know that. Uh, so he's not a New York Times bestseller, though. Uh, he probably is. Uh, I just threw my phone over there because it vibrated. But Gerald Posner's the name. We can look it up. But yeah. today's today's podcast is success. about success. And if you guys are ever writing the word success, it's kind of weird because there's two C's and two S's. I kept wanting to either put one C and two <laughs> S's or two C's and one S. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go through the the definitions of success first, and then we can get into what we think about it and what we think is damaging in today, basically with the idea of success and then build it back up. So success is a noun, an event that accomplishes its intended purpose. Let's call heads a success and tails a failure. The election was a remarkable success for the Whigs. I don't know. That's just an example of it, but an attainment that is successful, a state of prosperity or fame, or a person with a record of successes. So that would be he is a success, not mm-hmm. he has, you know, experienced success. What do you think? Where'd you pull those? Um, <clears throat> those I pulled from the actual etymology of oh, the word. Yeah. So um, comes from the etymology comes from succeed or succeed succeeded. Yeah. And then it developed into success. Well, the Miriam Webster one that I got is the fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or fame. Yeah, the reason I I read that and I said <laughs> bullshit and I said fuck this. Like, I'm yeah, finding so, social, socially derived. Yeah, right. And that's the problem. I mean, we'll get into that further, but wealth I have right here, wealth has braided itself into the core of the definition of success. More wealth, and and how how did that happen? Um, because throughout history of evolution of humans, more wealth meaned better access to um, resources. And the more access to resources you had up until probably, you know, mid 19, early mid 1900s, the more you propagated your DNA. So simple evolution, the more you try to get resources, the more you hoard resources, the more babies you make, the more babies you make, the more resource hoarders you make. And it's a never ending process, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like breeding a bunch of good dogs together, make more good dogs, breeding a bunch of prick dogs together, make more prick dogs. Yeah. And so that's how wealth has basically wealth has almost replaced the definition of success. Like you just read it from Miriam Webster. Yeah. Like that's fucked. Yeah. I mean, that comes up right off the top of Google and, uh, I mean, they have a second definition. I mean, the correct or desired result of any attempt. So did you, were you successful at doing blah? Yeah. 
which makes more sense, but also doesn't really help us with. There's no depth. Our well, and it doesn't really help us for what we're trying to talk about because we're what we're trying to talk about is a healthy vision or a healthy definition of what success is because i think success is almost like like beauty in how the modern communication and modern marketing has sold us a definition of each that isn't only unhealthy it's actually detrimental to the psychology of people who can't attain it you know if if you are and i'll use beauty as an example because i think it's even easier to understand what i mean here is through the last It's always changed, but Mm -hmm. through the last 30 years since marketing had become a big deal, and maybe I only see it for 30 years because that's kind of how long I've noticed marketing. It could have been much longer, but we've been sold on what beautiful is, right? Yeah. And now it's changing though. It is. But if you were sold in the late 90s, early 2000s, that beautiful was that supermodel look, right? That- Right. Skinny, tall, long, high cheekbones, clear skin, clear skin. Got a story about that, man. So if you were sold that that's what beauty is and you were a female in that time that just didn't have that body type, you just didn't. It didn't mean that you were unhealthy, (laughs) unhealthily overweight. You just didn't have that body type. You had a detrimental view of yourself. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Yeah. had a negative view of themselves and it hurt them. And that's where wealth is at. Or I'm, I'm, that's what wealth is, is with success is we see success as what we've been told for so many years. Success is I measure my success by the amount of stuff I have. I measure it by my Porsche, by my Rolex, by my mansion, by, by whatever the zeros in my fucking bank account is how I m- measure my success. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're not able to achieve those things, yet or ever then you're just an uns- you're just unsuccessful and you're you're depressed you're upset you're sad you're angry and and you take it out on yourself why aren't i able why haven't i been able to do this yet why aren't i able to achieve this why aren't why aren't i successful well because that's not what fucking success is right right but who we are allowing to set those standards i mean the story i have is what you're talking about is for women you know, back years ago, the standard for women was what? The Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, right? Yep. And what's funny is I started out as a designer and one of the first, it was actually the first job that I had. I was working for a big uh, printer publisher that basically we did Sports Illustrated. And I would be sitting in front of a computer. I don't know if you remember uh, Rachel Hunter. I don't, but I'm, I forgot. Who she I wouldn't be able to. to pull a name. I wouldn't be able to even pull a face for any name that you said oh, really? out of that magazine. No, not really. She's one of the few, or if not the only back in the, uh, um, late nineties, the, uh, few redheads that were in uh, sports okay. Illustrated, Right. And with redheads, the skin complexion is yep. obviously they have a lot of freckles, right? Yeah. Well, for sports illustrated, basically we had to go through and remove, we cleared her skin up digitally. Yeah. And then for some of the other uh, swimsuit models, you basically took the curves in a little bit using yep. the, using the, uh, the stamping tool. Yep. So I would say there was, there wasn't a single photo that was not doctored up Yeah. to remove moles, any, any type of blemish, any imperfection. Exactly. So any human, anything that's human. Exactly. And that was the standard that was being pushed at, you know, 
people would go to, you know, tanning beds or, you know, work out and work their ass off or starve themselves, become bulimic to try to attain. And hey, in all reality, it was it was never there to begin with. And one of the oddest things with that late 90s, that that stick skinny late 90s, you know, model attractiveness is the reason that those girls were chosen to walk runways is because it looks it basically they look like coat hangers for the clothes. Jeez. They weren't chosen because that because anybody specifically thought that that body type was attractive. It was because that body type was the easiest to make the clothes look attractive. And that was who chose who was going to be on a runway, right? Was the designers of the clothes. Yeah. Walking coat hangers. Yeah. That's why that stick skinny, tall, lean frame was what was chosen for models in that at that time. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Google that to make sure that's right. But that's what I remember. I read definitely read that somewhere. Deeper Google. I definitely read that somewhere. Misinformation, Rogan. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that that's my problem with what we all view success as. It's not even like we're not even talking about. Oh, that's that sucks that people think about success that way. We're talking like there's people out there who hate themselves Mm -hmm. because they're not able to achieve that level of, of what they see is, is success, but we'll call it wealth, right? There's people who, there's people who aren't raising their own children. They're letting the TV raise their kids or their friend, you know, the kid's friends raise the kids because they are so wrapped up in trying to achieve that idea of success and that's the fucking problem and that's why i wanted to do this podcast because we need to basically break down success and rebuild it for you know our listeners and for everybody in the fucking united states as to what success should be a healthy view of success right i think that's good i think the biggest one we got to cover too is uh, social media Yes. And how people work so hard to stage a vision of success on social media. Work so hard. You know, I'm starting to see that a lot at the gym, not even just with the kids that go in there. It's like I went in this morning just to do arms, like we talked about. And I'm seeing people like, I don't know if they're starting like a commentary before they got to work out. But literally, you know, there was one gal that's sitting at the leg press. And it's like talking to her phone, I, I can see because I'm on the cable machine right behind. And it's like giving some dissertation prior to, you know, telling everybody she's got to work out. After she's done, then has to face the mirror and somehow get some kind of full body shot. It's like glorious. You worked out. You're, you're, you're a, I don't know, successful Instagram model maybe. I don't know. I think that, so I do this, I do this bike for cardio and this bike gives you a, a grade gives you a number it measures so it's a sprint bike but it does all of the elevation so it doesn't count on you changing the hardness or the the resistance right yeah. it changes the resistance for you it runs through eight rounds of 30 seconds as hard as you can go it measures your wattage and your speed and your output and it gives you a number for each round and then it gives you a minute and a half And why do I do that? Why do I love that bike? I love that bike, first of all, because it makes me feel like I'm going to fucking die. At the end of that eighth round, I'm like laying on the ground panting, feeling like I'm I'm death warmed over. I feel sick to my stomach for about the next 20 minutes. And then 
this euphoric feeling wraps around me and I'm in this just awe for the rest of the day and it's awesome. But I love that bike because of that number. That number, because I, I have a number to look at to chase, right? I have a number like, okay, 1160, I think is my highest number of all of those, of all of those. Um, so that's your KPI, rounds. that's your goal. That's my goal, right? So I have a, I have a, I, I either want to be at that, close to that, or I want to beat that. So I know, like, you bitched out today. You were 50 short of that goal. Yeah. And I think that's where social media has taken such a damaging amount of our self-worth because it is a number. It is it is oh, we're talking about likes or yeah. follows or views or or any of them, depending on what social media you're talking right. about. But it is a it is a number that we can use to judge ourselves on. Right. Based on the perception that we give in the image that we're posting. And, and that's, so you haven't accomplished anything in that image. No, and but but it is like it's something that you you can grade yourself on. You can internally and you're not this it's isn't a, a conscious thought. Fix, though. Oh, it's hundred percent a dopamine fix. But it's a dopamine fix that is not regulatory. It's 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 based on an on an amount, right? Like if you got more than you got from the last picture, or all of a sudden one blows up and you get a bunch, it, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Because what should make you feel good is the workout that you just had. But that's a very ungradable or unnumberable feeling about the workout that you just had. Oh, really? But I've, the benefits. Oh, 100%. I mean, how you feel, how you look. I mean, that is true benefit to yourself. Over time. Yeah. The dopamine fix you're getting on social media is no different than going out and buying a dozen donuts and piling them down. No. So you're just getting that same indulgent satisfaction to yourself, but it, there's no benefit to it at all. But the odd thing there is there's nothing. If you're, if you're a songwriter, right, or a musician or a comedian, there's nothing you can put in a song that will instantly elevate, or even if you're a guy on social media, really, like it kind of works for guys, but there's nothing that you can put in a post, in a song, in a poem that will instantly elevate the outcome of your art the way that sex does for a woman. So if you let's say you were going, let's window. say you were going. Oh yeah, I'll break it down for you. It's it's it, the idea in my head makes sense, and I'm going to see if I can get it out there. Okay, let's say you are a you're an independent songwriter, okay, and you write music and you put it on and you put it on Spotify, okay. Your music is going to take some time. It's going to have to get out there. People are going to like it. Hopefully, it's good music. the The longer that you do it, the better it's going to get. Right and you're going to bring followers in. It's going to, and it's going to be this slow thing. It could kind of like a Tom McDonald. Yeah. Or it could random, you could randomly get, you know, a, a big name that likes one of your songs and one song blows up. Right. But there's nothing that you can add to a song that is going to almost guarantee that it blow up. Right. Right. Okay. Now you are a decent looking woman that works out every day. Okay, you do a face video talking about 
talking about going in and working out. You take some pictures of some machines, not with you on them, but you take some pictures of some machines. You post what your workout was. You post how great you felt and you post it. Okay. Might get some likes depending on how many followers you have. Might get some, you know, some, some shares, whatever. Okay. You put on some of those yoga pants with the tight thing that goes up your ass crack and then you pull them up really fucking high it's called so crunchy that, you, butt, so that your ass sticks out like your big old fucking booty sticks out and then you set your phone camera at the right angle so when you're doing your leg extensions it shows your fucking giant ass just flexing in the video and now put that on your page and that is going to quadruple any number you have ever gotten from any normal fucking post Sex is this amazing, especially for women, is this amazing attention draw from from men and from other women. And it it's amazing that there's nothing like that anywhere else. There's nothing you can add to a song, to a poem, to anything that is going to almost guarantee way more people ever listen to it or see it. That's true. That's probably how women get a lot of followers compared to men's. It's and and the thing is is just takes one image too. And and it's so odd because it's like I and and it's not necessarily these girls that are doing it, but it's like it's it's a it's a it's a hit of caffeine, right? It's a hit of caffeine because it's like I can post about me, the real me, and I can share my feelings and I can you know, talk about what I'm interested in and I can slowly build people that I can slowly build yeah. followers that like me and follow me and they want to know me for me and they want to be my friend group because this is social media. It's supposed to be, it's yeah. not, it's not follower media. It's social media. It's supposed to be a, 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 a group of people that are in your network, right? It's social networking. Yeah. And I could do that or I can give a little hit of fucking crack every once in a while and show a little bit more titty or a little bit more ass or a little bit of that camel toe. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're fucking coming in hot. Oh, yeah. That's on the let's on the share page. That's on the that's and all of a sudden. And that's this fucking drug. Yeah. Part of that's a search issue, too, because if I am on Instagram and I hit search, I, I swear 60 percent of all the images that pop up is that. Yeah. But you know why? because that's what they say that's what they think that you want to see that's the way the algorithm they're not written to specifically put that stuff forward they're written because that's what that's what drives the human mind and so their idea is to put they don't want to put shit out there that nobody wants to see they write the algorithm so that anything that's more shared gets put on there more yeah. And so that stuff gets developed I think somebody IBM maybe wrote an artificial intelligence IBM wrote an artificial intelligence and they put it on and this artificial intelligence was supposed to learn from the internet. So it went live on the internet and then it was supposed to learn and develop and change. And within like 48 hours, this thing became like a swearing racist sex bot. Like they had to shut it off. Well, so they're using it to generate AI for that was just, that's just, you know, it's just, it's this thing when you, when you don't control what is propagated, you only propagate what's most popular. You get in this runaway of popular, 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 more popular, more popular, more popular. All of a sudden, it's just all tits and ass. Yeah. But that 
is what makes you successful on social media. Exactly. Yes. So to bring it back to success. Yes. That there's nothing that you can do for any other art that can make you instantly successful. But what is successful? Because we can, we can put a hit of crack in every picture and do we want to consider that successful? Well, are you a successful or are you just a sex bot? Because if you, because you are a lot more than what that is. But most gals are going to get thousands of followers. Yeah. So now let's put so that now on. Now you're excess, a successful Instagram model. So now it doesn't get paid shit. So now let's put that on wealth, right? Because we can solve a problem. You and I can sit here. We can turn this podcast off. We can sit here and we can brainstorm. What is a problem that the world needs solved? We can figure out what that problem is and we can solve it in the most intelligent, efficient way possible. You and I can invest our life savings into this business, right? And we can build a useful product or a useful service that solves a problem and then we can become wealthy, okay? Or we can try to teach everybody else to become wealthy, rent fancy cars, post about them on Instagram. (laughs) I see plenty of those. Right? Grant Cardone. Yeah. We can, we can. Why does that asshole keep coming up on my whole I don't know. We can, we can legitimately only be uh, successful at teaching people how to be successful, not being priorly successful before that, <laughs> but only be successful at teaching people. And if we know how to play algorithms yeah. and we have enough people that are also bullshit artists, we can make $10 million in the next two years. Versus yeah. risking our entire life savings to try to solve a real problem and become truly wealthy business people. So is that intelligent or is that just uh, Fuck, man. dubious? That, that's the problem, right? Is Because technically people are falling for it. So whatever plan they put together, they're getting people in. Yes, you are 100% right. Now that's where my build back up of what success is starts to play into line. Because I can... I can pull some shady shit like that only to gain wealth, but that is not what success, that's not what holistic, healthy view of success is. That success would not be in line with my values. Right. Because I would rather help everybody in the fucking world actually better themselves by 5% than make $5 million making people feel worse about themselves because they paid me a hundred dollars to give them a bunch of bullshit that doesn't actually help them. Right. So my build back up of success is the first thing to realize is that success is just like getting squared away. It's not a destination. It's a direction of action. It is a daily process. It is a habit. It is taking the first step in a long journey of 10,000 steps. And that is the first thing to realize about success. And you have to define, define your value structure. What are your values? And then once you figure out your value structure and what your top three, top five most important values to you are, then you set some goals that are in line with those values. So if legitimately money is the only thing you fucking care about and you don't care about people at all and you don't care about helping people, you literally just want to get fucking rich and be able to, you know, sit in your 
car and your, you know, bathtub full of fucking Scrooge McDuck money and that's all you want, then your, your view of success is going to just be wealth. But guess what? It's not going to include anything else. Right. But how would that be deemed successful? Because to me, it's uh, success is what your legacy is. You know, you just referred to it. Success starts by self-realization. Success starts by getting squared away. Because ultimately, you know, when all of us pass, and I've been to enough funerals where it's like, guess what? I haven't seen one single U-Haul at a funeral. So all that stuff that somebody has accumulated, that's just going to get divided up. It's it's completely, there's no value to it at all. So, you know, success cannot be, I guess, defined by assets. No. And nobody cares. I mean, the, the loneliest rich guy, right? How many people are at his funeral? Just the people that are getting his money. Exactly. So, you know, I've seen the poorest of poorest have hundreds to thousands of people at their funeral. And most of it's because of what they've invested in other people's lives. You know, what, what is your legacy? It's kind of like, a, you know, in, in Christianity. So if you're getting scored away spiritually, right, there's a parable of the, the talents, parable of the 10 minus. And the whole, I mean, I go through the whole thing. Basically, it's rich dude, right, <clears throat> is going to leave a town for an extended amount of time. doesn't tell him how long. And there's three dudes, because every joke starts with three dudes. Yep. And the first dude, he gives uh, 10 mina, or mina, or, you know, translated talents. Second dude gives a two. Last dude gives one. And then after, you know, so many years, he comes back. And that first dude took the 10 minas and invested it and basically got 20 minas. And the, if, are you getting screwed up with minas or? No, I got it. Okay. So minas are talents. So the second dude has two. He invested it and got two more. Third dude just basically buried that one and didn't do anything with it because, you know, he made up the excuses like, oh, well, you're a, you're a hard master. I didn't want you to be pissed off if I, you know, lose that one mina. So basically, ultimately, the the master takes that one mina and gives it to the guy that, you know, made 10 and then uh, basically booted him off the reservation. So, you know, it's it's called whole life stewardship in, in spiritual realm is like when you get done with your life, you're not going to be judged on, you know, how high your education was, uh, how much money you had, or, you know, what position you held at whatever company. You're going to be judged on, okay, you were given X amount of talents in your life, X amount of opportunities in your life to help or to grow or to plant a seed in somebody or a group of people or whatever, however minors you were given. And, you know, what did you do? What was your what was your interest that you bore at the end of your life? And that's basically reflective in your, in your funeral. The people that show up are going to be, that's all the interest that you've borne or you planted the seed with. So, you know, I, I guess that's how I look at it as success. And, or, you know, you don't ha- even if you don't have a lot of interest, it's, you know, there's that saying that uh, for you to, appreciate light you have to go through you have to know what darkness is you have to be able to sit in darkness i forgot who said that there's a bunch of names probably batman no (laughs) yeah i think it was it was bane yeah you have merely adopted the dark i know everybody's using that one everybody's using that one 
But but it is a fact. I mean, the people that have been through the darkness and been through the shit are people that are generating. They're just planting seeds. You know, they're not people that hang on to life or work so hard to make themselves comfortable. You know, they're used to being uncomfortable. And therefore, they're like, well, I'm not going to hang on to this. I'm going to help, you know, make other people better. And, um, you know, to me, that's success. There's there's nothing, you know, I can't sit there and say there's a KPI for how wealthy do you got to be to be successful? You know, million dollars, two million. I mean, you need what, about one to two million just to retire. So that's not, you know, really being wealthy. Yeah. You got to be a rapper. I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that look wealthy, that dress wealthy, but guess what? It's all in debt. Yeah. $5, $5 worth of gas and quarters in their fucking Bentley. Yeah, exactly. Where you see the trailer that's got the, you know, the $50,000 vehicle uh, parked out front of it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's my viewpoint. I like that. My idea of success was more along the lines of taking those steps every day, taking those steps towards your goals that are in line with your value structure every day. It's not, it's not necessarily achieving those goals, although that would be a success, but you have had a successful day when you have taken even the babiest of millimeter steps towards that goal. Is your goal to become more physically healthy? What have you done today to to get a little bit more healthy? Is your goal to be more financially free? That's completely fine. But financial freedom doesn't necessarily mean more money. It means more money by spending less also. Bringing more in and spending less. Yeah. Being happy with the finer things, but not needing them, right? Like I, I have here one of my favorite um, stoic, where the fuck did I put that? I don't even know where I put it. One of my favorite ideas from stoicism is the idea that you can enjoy the fine things, but you don't stress if you don't have them. Exactly. You know, but I, I love this one too. And I heard this the other day is is the the analogy of the, of the rock breaker, you know, the, the big, you know, those big, uh, what are those quartzite or whatever, you know, those big solid rocks that have all the beautiful gems inside, whatever those are called. Quartz or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, let's say, let's say you're the guy that breaks those in half. Okay. And, and, and it on the thousandth hit, you know, you've been swinging that hammer 999 times. And on the south thousandth hit, that thing breaks open. Was it just the thousandth hit that did it? No, you know it's not the thousandth hit that did it. It's the accumulative effort of every one of those 999 hits that got that rock ready for that one thousandth hit. So what what is the hit that you're doing today? What is that baby step that you're doing today to be successful today? And then let's string seven successful days together, and then we've had a successful week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to getting what one percent better every day, right? Yeah, but the in order for you to do that, you gotta you have to be squared away, and we've talked about this now for forty some episodes. Is you got to get squared away every single damn day. You need to take 
an action. I don't even like you, you need to take an action towards being squared away, right? Like you don't just get squared away. You don't just become spiritual or you don't just uh, become healthy. You do a little bit each day and you have 999 hits on that rock of becoming more religious or more spiritual or healthier or smarter or more emotionally stable. And then all of a sudden that thousandth hit happens and you're like, Oh, I've gone two weeks and nothing in my body is hurt. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Or you look back at pictures a, a year ago and say, wow, I started this journey a year ago. And I look in the mirror and I look at side-by-side pictures like, holy crap, what happened? Oh, yeah, that was the process. I've been going every day with my head down, chopping that redwood tree, right? One yep. swing at a time. I have my, my last analogy I've written down here. I'm, I'm an analogy speaker. I love speaking in analogies. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's always, I've always been that way. But uh, success is like a fine, well-functioning automobile. You need a well-built, well-functioning everything. You need enough power to take off and handle well. You need enough top speed to use on high-speed roads and pass. You need efficiency. You need handling. You need brakes. You need reliability. You need comfort. You'd like some looks, right? It's a fine automobile. But our current societal view, that, that, that definition that you read on success, is legitimately just a gorgeous looking car that goes 150 miles an hour, but can't fucking break, can't, can't turn. It falls apart yeah. when you're fucking stopped and, and parking it. And that, that's what we have as a definition of success right now is this big, gorgeous piece of shit. Yeah. And that's it. That's what everybody's telling you that success is. That's what you, that's what you're they're selling it. you. Yeah, Exactly. You want to hear another analogy? Yes. I love analogies. They're my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. Every, every one of my analogy involves like three people or three things. Kind of like three, the, guys three, three guys walking, walking into a bar. A bar. <laughs> one Pollock, you know. Now <laughs> yeah. you got to take all the races out yeah, of it because everybody's, you know, all fucked up about that. So I always use a story when I speak places. It's, you know, this is a key to being squared away and, and success is to be able to block all the noise from everyone else or what society is telling you what you're supposed to be, you got to be front sight focused, right? So when you're shooting a, a pistol, you know, what is the one, one sight, one visual that you need to basically get squared up and everybody, everything else blurs is your front sight. So here's a story about, you know, there's this old man and there's this little boy and a donkey, right? Okay. Have I told you this one? No, before? I haven't heard this one yet. Okay. So, all three of them are walking along, right? So you got the donkey walking, the the old dudes walking, the little boys walking. They pass through the first town, and they could hear everybody, you know, kind of, you know, pretend this is the old Wild West. Yep. So everybody's standing outside watching them as they're walking through town, and they're like, "Man, are these people stupid? Because they could use the donkey and ride on the donkey." And the old guy hears this, like, "All right." So puts the kid up on the donkey, and then they keep walking. They get to the next town, right? And the kid's, you know, riding a donkey. He's walking alongside of it. And all of a sudden, they hear people chirping again. It's like, boy, what's wrong with that kid making the old man walk? <laughs> so the old man's like, okay, uh, let's switch places. Takes the boy off, hops on the donkey, and then they move on. They get to the next town. And again, they hear chirping. 
and they're like, what's wrong with that old man? You know, don't they realize that little boy has got smaller strides and he's getting tired? That's child abuse. So the old guy's just like, oh. So he grabs the kid, throws him up on the donkey with him. So now they're both riding the donkey, right? So you get to the next town, and this is PETA town, right? And they're looking at them, giving them, a, you know, the stink eye. They're like, these guys are animal abusers. <laughs> so both of them are riding this poor donkey and abusing him. So the old guy just gets frazzled, takes the kid off. He gets off. So then they both lift this, you know, this, <laughs> this donkey up on their shoulders, right? And start walking out of town. So finally they get, you know, to the canyon and they got to cross this bridge to get to, you know, where they need to get to. So as they're crossing this bridge, this donkey is just heavy for both of them. And they lose their balance. And, oh, donkey went over the edge of the bridge, dies in the canyon. So rule of thumb here is, or the moral of the story, I should say, is that, you know, don't listen to all the noise and what everybody's trying to tell you what you should be doing or you're going to lose your ass. Yeah. So remember that one. Yeah, I will remember that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, and it's, it's dead on, right? Like, if... Right now in society today, it's 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 pretty and it's wealthy. That's what success is. Yeah. But in five years, ten years, that could totally change as to what we're expected to view as success. Well, if I've spent the last ten years trying to be pretty and wealthy, and then all of a sudden the, what success is totally changes. All right, am I going to change what I? All right, I'm going to change, and I'm going to I'm going to reach for whatever the new definition of success is. Yeah. Versus spending my entire life taking baby steps towards what I think success is. Yeah. What's the best that you can be? Because guess what? You, you might not physically look like Joe Blow on, you know, men's health, you know, cover of the magazine, but what's the best that you can possibly But like we be? learned in the beginning of this podcast, Joe Blow doesn't probably look like Joe exactly. Blow does at the podcast. Exactly. Or on the magazine, I mean. Yeah. So be the best that you can be. That's all you can, can do and just stay away from, uh, being a what social media successful yeah because you know this is going to be the time of year in the next two months you're going to see everybody taking extravagant spring break vacations right and they're going to give you the the best shots you know oh here's a shot of the beach and here's a you know their painted toes that's all you see is the toes and you see the sand and you see the beach but what you don't see is peripherally there's a huge pile of bird shit over to the left and there's a family over to the right sitting there about ready to, you know, crack each other because they just drove 20 hours on a long stink ass ride and they can't check into the hotel yet. Right. So, yeah, real life is very different. Yeah. It's about the only thing I'll post to myself. I usually try to stay out of my posts is I'm waiting for the coldest damn day because Cap kind of, you know, inspired me with his garage workouts. But, you know, they only get like 35 degrees. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to hit like 13 below. Yeah. And I'm going to go outside and do some deadlifts and just my stocking cap and a pair of shorts. And there you uh, go. Just so he can be impressed. Yeah. Just try to impress cap. Yeah. You're trying to impress cap. I get it. You <laughs> <laughs> will be impressed. Oh yeah. All right. I think we covered it. I mean, real, excuse me. Realistically, I just want, I want to help everybody. I want people to, to be able to see the bullshit that they've been fed their entire life because if you bought into that bullshit and you hate moments of your life or hate yourself or are upset 
or are just depressed because you don't, you can't achieve what that bullshit line is you've been sold. It's not worth it. Yeah. That bullshit's just going to make you chase your tail and you're going to feel like you're chasing something you can't attain. And, and you're going to attain it and you're going to realize that it doesn't have all of the fucking feelings that you thought it had. Yeah. If you can come away with one thing, you know, get a notepad or a, what you can call it your success pad or success notebook and or journal and then put it in four columns, you know, the squared away, you know, spiritually, physically, mentally and emotionally. And then write your goals for that year. You know, this is your best. You're going to get to your best, not not what men's health says, not not what social media thinks you should be or not what Miriam Webster defines it to be. But what is going to be your best that you're going to shoot to get one percent better every day? And what, and then break it down by what does that look like each day? Yeah. What, what am I not going to eat? What's, what's the one thing that is really unhealthy for me that I'm not going to eat tomorrow? Yeah. What is the exercise that I hate doing, but I know is the best for my body physically and mentally? Yeah. I'm going to do that tomorrow. What is the spiritual practice that I know I should be doing, whether it's meditation or the UVerse app or whatever? Um, that I know I should be doing, but I don't because I make excuses. Every time I think about it, I make excuses. Yeah. What am I going to do for that tomorrow? Yeah. Not what does it look like at the end of the year? Because you can't, you can't eat an elephant one bite, you know, all in one bite. Yeah. And what mentally are you doing? Like, uh, I like seeing uh, Evan Armstrong's, uh, you know, Viking coffee. Yeah. When he posts, it's like, Hey, I'm reading this book, you know? I got through these books and I'm reading this book this week. I got a great one from him, the go-giver, the one that I sent you. I mean, he did the go-giver's guide to sales or whatever, but I I went back and read the original go-giver, which is a parable, right? It's a short, yeah. it's a short read. It's just a, you know, a five person parable that this salesman gets introduced to all these different people. And it, he realizes that it, it's all about giving and communication and improving other people's lives and becoming the master of your craft. Yeah. It has nothing to do with getting. It's yeah. it's not the go-getter, it's the go-giver. Yeah, and he's just started, I think, a relentless I saw yesterday. So Relentless is good. Yeah. I like I like Relentless. I mean, I haven't read it, but uh when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put that on the list for next. So yep. you know, that's what social media I think is really for. Yeah. Is I'm like, oh hey, you know, this is how they're squaring themselves up here. And wow, that's not a bad idea. All of us uplifting, all of us uplifting everyone else, right? Exactly. It's, it's a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. And then emotionally, like you talk about a goal is, you know, when I wake up and sit on the shitter, maybe throwing out three texts to buddies I haven't talked to. Like, you know, yesterday, uh, I sent a message to one of my buddies, uh, you know, uh, it's happy birthday fucker. Yeah. Because it was his birthday yesterday. So Oh my god! I saw the most. I saw. I saw the most gorgeous video on on social media. Like right, it's a. It's a. It's a tool. It's a. You can. It's a hammer. You can build a house with it, or you can hit yourself in the fucking dick with it. It doesn't matter. It's just a tool. And I saw this video, and it is. It's. It's two guys in a park. Like it seems like it's probably by a college, and they've got a sign, like a like a sandwich board sign, and it just Ooh. says, um, "Call somebody and tell them you love them for five bucks." Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. And, and they end up giving them their and dude walks up right and yeah. he, and he and he's like what and they're like yeah just call somebody anybody tell him you love him and we'll give you five bucks then he calls his dad he calls dad yeah, yeah. And his dad and he, he's like hey dad I love you and his dad's like <laughs> and I'm getting fuck look at his goosebumps just thinking about the video and his dad's like what's wrong 
He's like, no, nothing, man. I'm just, I love you. He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, but what, what do you need? Like, what, what is, what's going on? You know, right? Because he's probably never just called his dad to say that. Yeah. Except he was a little more profane about that. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck are you up to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and finally, his dad's like, "All right, man, I love you too." And he hangs up the phone and he grabs the five bucks and he goes to start walking away. And he turns around, and he gives the five bucks back. Yeah. And multiple people do this. They, it's like, it wasn't. It was the money that got their attention that brought them out of their everyday bullshit. Yeah. To just call somebody and tell them they love them. But then they realize it wasn't for the money. Like, you don't, don't pay me to call my mom and tell them I love them. Don't pay me to call my best friend and tell them I love them. Yeah. Take this fucking money. Somebody needs it worse than I do. Yeah. That's why then I think the next dude called his mother. And yeah. He was just like, hey, are you, are you doing okay? You feeling okay? And it was a good call. And he's like, yeah, I just walked away. I don't need the money. Yeah. So, awesome. All right. That's a wrap. 